with me. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be readed, uh, will be readed, good heavens, not a word, uh, will be taken uh, from the Gospel of John where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. You may be seated. We begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks this morning that you have gathered us here, Lord, to hear your word and worship and to receive the gifts that you have prepared for us. We pray this day, Lord, that you would teach us what it means above all else uh, to what you give us with joy. Lord, now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start off with a question today. It's a question we've probably asked many times here and one I'm sure uh, I will ask again in the future. But it's a good question to kind of reflect on on Sunday mornings. And, And the question is this. Why are you here this morning? Why do you come to church? What are you hoping to gain out of being here today? What is it that brings you to church? Now, you can answer honestly because no one else is going to hear your answer today. Uh, And I'm sure that as you answer this question in your mind, there's a lot of good reasons that you have for being in church. And I'm also sure that there are probably a lot of reasons that are not so good as to why you have come to church. I would venture to guess that for many of us here, it is a mixed bag as to why it's important for us to be in church. But however you answer the question this morning, whatever it is, your, whatever your motive is for being to hear God's word in worship, it is necessary for us to understand today that it doesn't matter so much why you and I come to church, but what truly matters is why God gives this church to us in the first place. What truly matters is why God shows up here in his word and his sacraments. And the reason that God is here to give you these things is that he is here to give you the bread of life, namely his son, Jesus Christ. And he is here to give you Jesus Christ, whether you're looking for him or not. Now, we are gathered here to receive the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ, uh, here on this Sunday, which is in the season of Epiphany. And as we've been talking about over the last number of weeks, Epiphany is that season in the church year where Jesus is sort of introducing himself to us. He's revealing himself to us. He's telling us who he is and what he has come to do. He is saying to us, here is who I am. Now we are entering into a series, really the meat of the series finally, which we are calling the I Am series. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the various sayings of Jesus from the Gospel of John, where he says, I am, as like today, the bread of life. And there's seven such sayings. Now it's no small thing when Jesus says, I am, because if you go back to the Old Testament, you will find that when uh, God is revealing himself to Israel, when he's introducing himself to the Israelites, he calls himself I am. So when Jesus says it, he is claiming to be none other than the God of Israel, the God over all of creation. I am. And then what Jesus will do in the Gospel of John is he will fill that in a little bit. I am this or I am that. And what he's doing there is he's saying not only is he God, but he's telling us what sort of God he intends to be for us. And so Jesus reveals and introduces himself to us in this season of Epiphany. And now who Jesus is, this is is kind of the key point for us today. Who Jesus is 
determines what he's doing here. Who Jesus is determines what you receive when you come to hear God's word and worship. And now that might seem like a pretty obvious and straightforward comment, but as we start to meditate on it a little bit, it's a comment I think that for us is hard to swallow. After all, we live in a society that we could say is consumer-driven. We live in a consumer-based economy, a consumer-based society. If you want a company to survive in this world, you need to, uh, as a company, you need to provide what sells, what people will actually buy. Advertising companies exist to convince the consumer that they need the product that is made. But more often than not, we want to control what we consume. We want our perceived needs and our nagging itches to be met and scratched. And the economy, and the, really the culture, bows to the consumer. And as consumers, we're quite flattered by all of this. The trouble is, is that we bring this consumerist mentality very often with us into the church and we try and make God and his community function with the same set of values that the world has. We figure if we want to go to church and if we want people to come with us to church, the, cheer, uh, the church needs to look more like the world, needs to act more like the world, needs to appeal more to the desires of the world. It needs, after all, to cater to what we want and what we think we need. There is an entire industry of Christian companies committed to helping the church look more commercially appealing. And we as the church are very happy to sell our holy products if it means we will be accepted by the world. So it's hard for us when God says, I'm going to determine what goes on here. It's not the consumer who determines what goes on here. It's not even uh, the pastor or the staff that determines what goes on in the church. It's God's word that determines what happens in the church. Because you see, Jesus isn't interested in being sold to the world. He's not interested in having commercial appeal or attracting you to buy what he's selling. Jesus refuses to cater to who we are. And this news might be somewhat frustrating to us. It was certainly frustrating to the people Jesus encountered uh, during his ministry here on earth. We heard this already today in the reading uh, from John chapter 6. This is a remarkable passage. Here in this reading, uh, Jesus is, is dealing with some people who just the day before thought they had found the kind of guy who was going to cater to all their needs. The day before our reading today, uh, Jesus had fed 5,000 plus people with five loaves of bread and two fish. It was the most miraculous, remarkable, unforgettable meal of their lives. And they went to bed feeling great. They had full bellies. They had a nice theological conversation. Life was wonderful. They felt good. Well, they woke up the next morning and Jesus was gone. He'd gone to the other side of the lake. He walked on the water to get there, uh, to get to the other side of the lake. And they woke up and they realized he's gone and we don't have breakfast. So now we must go find Jesus. And they chase him to the other side of the lake. And there they find him and they catch up and you can kind of hear them catching their breaths. And they say, Rabbi, oh, when did you come here? I mean... We're a little irritated that you didn't stick around for breakfast, but it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it, we're over it now. Now we're ready to buy your product, so we would like to order, I don't know, uh, some fish and bread McMuffins. Like, that would be just fine. That's what we'll have for breakfast. Just please uh, give us what we want. They're treating Jesus as sort of this bread of heaven drive-through prophet. 
and Jesus just won't have it. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs. In other words, you're not here because you believe I'm God in flesh and you want to trust in me and you want to follow me. That's not why you're here. But you have come because you ate your fill of the loaves. Said you're, you're here for the wrong reasons. Now, as sinners, they were bound to be there for the wrong reasons. But he said, you've come to me so that I will give you more food. You're come, you've come to me for a mere breakfast but my job is to do something far more than give you mere food to eat, mere earthly bread that goes away all too quickly and rots out much too fast. He says, no, I've come to give you infinitely more. So Jesus says, do not labor for food that perishes, but food that endures to eternal, eternal life. And this the Son of Man will give you. And now that's quite a sales pitch right there. Food that gives eternal life? Absolutely, we will have that, Jesus. But now please tell us before we get this, what does it cost? How much do we owe you for this? We would like to purchase this from you. We would like to work for this from you uh, because that way we can control it once you give it to us. And so they ask the question, what must we do to be doing the works of God? They're thinking of Jesus here in a transactional way. We do what we're supposed to do, you give us what we want. And Jesus just refuses to be a product for sale. What he brings, eternal life, life-giving bread, is not something that you can buy. It at once costs you absolutely nothing, and it at the same time costs you absolutely everything. Think about it. This eternal life that Jesus brings, it costs you nothing. The one who purchases this life for you, you might say, is Jesus Christ himself. When he died on the cross for your sins. Really, if there's any purchasing going on around here, it's Jesus Christ who has purchased you with his blood. He bought you back from slavery to sin and to death and to the devil. And he has made you his own with his blood. He gives this life to you through his death and his resurrection for free. There is no transaction here. It is a pure gift. It costs you nothing. And yet at the same time, it costs you everything. Because in receiving this gift, you lose all control. You're no longer in charge. And now you must live by faith, knowing that you no longer call the shots. You are in the hands of God. So Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. In other words, you're no longer the consumer telling the industries what you want to buy. You are the creature receiving your life from your creator, which he has made for you. You are the helpless sinner who needs forgiveness and grace to survive. You don't need in this eternal life your belly filled or your bank account secured or your ego boosted or your felt needs catered to you need to believe what jesus says and you can't buy that and you can't control it he gives you exactly what you need to eat he alone is your lord and he will not cater to your needs no it is much better than that he's not just here to give you mere bread for your belly he's here to give you himself He's here to give you God and eternal life. And that is incredible. And the crowds aren't interested in it at all. 
because they're still hungry. And they didn't come here for a sermon, they came here to eat. So they try to get Jesus to play by their rules. They try and get Jesus to, to bow down to cater to them. And so they say, well, well, hold on, Jesus, before you get all, you know, churchy on us here, we want to remind you of what Moses said. Remember Moses? He gave us bread to eat. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven. He gave them bread for their bellies. Jesus, it sustained them in the wilderness. So now, what do you think? You're better than Moses? Prove it. Rain down bread from heaven for us. Now Jesus, he's kind of done with these guys. And so Jesus says this. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hungry, hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that is the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and i will raise him up on the last day this is what jesus has come to do to give you the bread of life to give you eternal life by dying and rising for you to promise you that he will raise you up he will resurrect you from the dead on the last day when he comes again and he will bring you into his eternal kingdom which now brings us back to the opening question. Why are you here today? What are you hoping to get out of Jesus? Well, I have good news for you this morning. Jesus is here, and he didn't come to cater to your needs, to give you what you want, because you are here with mixed motives, some sinful, some righteous. And Jesus says to you this morning, I'm not here to be the sort of God who will give you whatever you want. No, I'm the bread from heaven. I am the one God has sent down to give you life, to forgive you for your sins, and to nourish your faith and sustain you into life everlasting. See, Jesus is not here to work on our terms. He's here to give you bread, which is his Father's will. He is here in his word to tell you the Father's will, that you are forgiven and eternal life is prepared for you. So today, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, repent. Repent of your selfish desires to control this God and believe this. Jesus has given eternal life to you as a gift. And in fact, in actual fact, in reality, the one who says, I am the bread of life, is going to come to you today in real bread and wine to forgive you and to strengthen you. And he will feed you with this bread so believing in his promises you will have eternal life and he will raise you up on the last day so today take and eat that bread because it's exactly what jesus has come to give you amen let us pray father we give you thanks that you give us the bread of heaven your word which sustains our faith and strengthens us in our heart we thank you for the sacrament where Christ gives us his very body and blood in the bread and in the wine. Lord, as we, as we receive this gift, strengthen and sustain us so that we are prepared for that great resurrection which Jesus has purchased for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.